Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online, find your tribe and grow a business doing the work you love on your terms. As a blogger, presenter and marketing mentor, I understand the ups and downs that come with putting ourselves out there and running our own show. This podcast is here to take you behind the scenes and share the strategies to help you succeed. So let's get into the show. Sales, hey? That word can give us the hypes just thinking about it. We're worried about coming across too strong or getting rejected. Well, this is a must-have discussion. We spend so much of our time and energy as business owners on our marketing, and rightly so, building our audience, sharing great content, and getting our name out there. But what happens when even while our audience is growing, the sales just aren't coming in? Well, in today's conversation, I'm joined with sales expert Ashley Alsadi, who you may recognize from her former acting days in Neighbours and City Homicide. That's right, we have a celebrity in the house. As a speaker and entrepreneur, Ashley runs two sales-focused businesses, the Promo Donna and Sales Sisters. She's supported solopreneurs through to corporate organizations in filling their sales pipeline and ultimately growing their bottom line. So listen in as Ashley Alsadi shares her five must-haves for more sales. So Ashley, thank you so much for being here with me. It's really, really exciting to have you sharing your knowledge with us today. You're an absolute expert in the sales space with two businesses that you run. So let's just start off by a little bit about you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me here. Um, There's nothing I love more than talking all things sales, which we're doing today. Uh, But as a bit of an introduction, yes, my name is Ashley Alsadi. I'm probably best known, number one, for running my lead generation company, The Promo Donna. Uh, It's a Melbourne-based lead gen company that's been running for nearly eight years now, so eight in July. And what we predominantly do is we help to create highly qualified sales leads or sales prospects or appointments for clients all around Australia. Um, So yes, we are that very rare breed (laughs) that loves cold calling. Actually like cold calling. (laughs) I can't believe it. I know. And every time I say it to everyone, you know, I get that same reaction, but I think that's why I love it because if people don't like doing it, And we do. There's obviously a real gap in the market. And I think that's what's made it so successful. I have a team of five callers other than myself Mm -hmm. that delivers the activity. But aside from that, you know, over the years, what started to happen was individuals and organizations would start to approach me about how to sell more effectively. They would ultimately say, you know, Ashley, you do this day in, day out why don't you train my team Mm. in how to do it? So it's been great. It's been a fantastic journey. I found that my other passion was speaking and training. And soon I'm actually launching um, a program called Sales Sisters, which is actually predominantly for women in business because I find that women do tend to struggle with uh, confidence when it comes to selling. (laughs) Which is why I really wanted to get you on the podcast to chat about this because I know with my own tribe, it's kind of that difficulty we're building our audience, but then it becomes a question of how do I convert? How do I sell? How do I I take these followers into being my customers? So that's what we're going to be covering today. And you've been kind enough to share five of your must-haves for sales with us. 
So let's get into those and we're going to whip through those five different topics for us. So would you get started with the first one? So the first thing is all about our sales mindset. So I believe that sales is probably one of the number one uh, mindset games out there. And it's probably why I love playing it, to be honest, (laughs) turning a no into a yes (laughs) and things like that. But when we talk about mindset, you know, we really acknowledge why people fear selling. There's a real psychology behind sales. I think people fear it because they think, oh, I'm going to be like a used car mm. salesman or, you know, that dodgy insurance guy. Or, and I you know, think, something. and the fact that we, I guess, are scared of also getting rejected too, because if yes. we're trying to sell, A, we don't want to come across as really salesy or, or too, I don't know, confronting for people, or but desperate des- that's it. Desperate. Yes. And then we also, I guess, don't really want to be rejected either. Yes. And I think, look, my top tip when it comes to mindset is we really need to shift our thinking from being, yes, I need to go and sell to someone to be more about helping people because that's really what sales is all about. It's just genuinely having a conversation, asking some great questions and identifying what's the point of pain that that person has and how can your product and service help them. And I think that's such a great point as well because a couple of things. First of all, we have to believe in what we have. If we're not that confident in what we have and that fact that it can help people, then that's really going to come across in our sales because people won't believe in us either. But also it's changing that from thinking that we might be annoying people mm. as well to actually knowing that we can help them when we've got something amazing that's really going to contribute really beneficially to them. Yes. And let's remember that, that you know, whoever's listening, you would have started your business because you saw a need and because you probably had a passion to help people with something. So know that when you go into these conversations with people, they probably do have that need or that pain that you thought of and you're just going to help them to grow their business or change their life or, you know, whatever it might be. So yeah, really think about helping people. It's, it's what salespeople do. And that's why I love it so much. And that's super important, isn't it? To first of all, we have to actually have the right mindset with our business, building our business, and also when we are selling too. Yes. And one thing I'd love to touch on, you know, when we talk about mindset, because yes, there's the whole focus of helping people, but there's a few little techniques that I can give people. Yes, please. (laughs) That my team and I use day in, day out. So before any sales situation, you do need to master your mindset. And so there's a couple of things that you can do to help to do that. So number one is goal setting. It sounds like common sense, but (laughs) let's face it, most people don't do it Mm -hmm. when they say they're going to. And also they don't write it down. Mm -hmm. And this is what's going to make it so much more powerful. Every time I go into a sales situation, I write down on a piece of paper, this is if I'm cold calling, I generated X amount of appointments for XYZ Mm. company. And let's say it was three appointments. I'll write one, two, three down the page. And it's amazing how my mind starts to filter Mm. for the meetings it thinks it's got. And I think what helps with that as well is, you know, people fear getting a no. But if you've written down that you're going to get three appointments, Mm. it's almost like your brain thinks, well, it's okay. I got a no because I'm going to get a yes somewhere Mm. else. And I can imagine that you then go into the pitch or the sale or whatever it might be feeling so much more confident Mm. rather than 
showing up with fear and that fear of, oh, I'm not going to get this because that's going to come across. Yes, because you're spot on. If you kind of preempt that you're not going to get results, of course you're going to kind of project that. And that's actually one of the next things I would mention about techniques with mindset is about visualizing how you want to be perceived, Mm -hmm. you know, by your audience. One thing I'll I'll flag is that energy is a big part of Mm -hmm. that. So, you know, a a little story from early on in my sales career, I had this terrible day where everything was going (laughs) wrong. You know, one of those days where it kind of snowballs, (laughs) my car got bogged and then I dropped coffee down my top and everything was going wrong. When I got into the office, I thought, that's okay. I'll just forget Mm. it and I'll get onto the phones. But what happened was the first decision maker I spoke to they said, I wouldn't buy from you. Mm. You know, you sound like you're not passionate about what you do. And and I was shocked because I'd gone from creating great results mm. to getting this negative feedback. So I stepped back and I reflected and realized that it was the energy that mm. I was really feeding down the phone to this prospect. And it was all of, you know, that had happened in the morning that had affected my state, you know, to create that energy. And I actually told that story once to some people from Vision Australia, some mm. blind um, people, cold callers, and their guide seeing eye dogs. They said it's the same with them. You know, our energy feeds down the lead. If we're sad, they mm. feel sad and, and vice versa. So be really aware of your state of mind, you know, and mastering it. And it's the same as well with showing up online and Instagram stories or filming Mm. videos. And this is what I say when you, even before you click play, smile before you click record smile, because then you are showing the energy and that you want to be there and that you're enthusiastic and it's so much more enjoyable for your audience to see you come across more confident, like you want to be there and all that type of thing. So it's a similar type of thing. I really love Ashley that talking about the state that you were in, you have to be there first before your audience can be there too. Yes. And I mean, there's an old term, it's very old and fancy, but <laughs> smile before you die. And it's the same thing, you know, that you're it. right. If you haven't mastered your state before Insta stories, before anything, because let's face it, Insta stories is almost selling without mm. selling as well. So you need to be aware of that. And yes, definitely get into the right state of mind. So set some goals, visualize, and also, you know, set the right energy. That's amazing. Thank you. So that leads us to point number two. Yes, which is having a great elevator pitch. So if you are going to sell, you need a great pitch from the start. And, you know, the elevator pitch, I'm sure it's a common sales term that most people know. What they might not know is it is an old Hollywood term because I love this. People (laughs) used to write scripts but they couldn't get a meeting with the studio head. Mm. So they would jump into an elevator and they obviously only had about 10 seconds to Mm -hmm. pitch their script to these, these studio heads. It's very similar. Fast forward to today. I still think we've only got about 10 seconds Mm. or so to impress people. So I would say to everyone listening, you know, when it comes to your pitch, it's very important. Make it clear and concise. It probably needs to be a couple of sentences It does also need to be unique and different, Mm. and that's the art. You know, a lot of people say, how do I make it unique and different? How do you differentiate from your competition? Mm -hmm. Is there some value you deliver and no one else does? Or, you know, whatever's going to resonate with your market. And lastly, 
I always say that this is a very hard part of the sales process. You know, if you master it overnight, fantastic, but it's rare that that happens. So maybe come up with like three that you really like, try it out, you know, try it at a networking event, try it online, Mm. wherever it might be and see what resonates with people. And I love the example that you actually told me earlier for your business too because what we're talking about it's not actually telling people the features of your business or even Mm. like what you do your elevator pitch which also is what you have in your instagram bio on your website is any touch point that your audience comes into contact with you when they're first understanding what it is you're all about you want to communicate the benefit that you have to them so i love would you just share what you have for your business because i thought it was brilliant and what you're touching on there is the what's in it for them Mm. element and it's so good that you flagged that because it is it's really important I think most people think they need to just, you know, outline features, but it's not. People don't care. They Mm. just want to know what's in it for them. For example, with the promo donor, I could spruik. We're a lead generation company. We've been around for eight years. I've got great staff, da 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 da. But no one's going to no. care about that. Glaze, glazing over. <laughs> glazing over. Look, it's, it's great information for me, but what you want to hear are things like, we will alleviate you of all the sales grunt work you Mm. want to avoid. We're going to save you time and effort when it comes to sales. We're going to fill your sales pipeline. We can help you to increase your revenue. You know, Mm. these are all things that people go, oh my gosh, you know, that's a point of pain for me. That sounds so good. Yeah, I want more sales. So yes, ultimately have a think about what are the points of pain or issues that you're target market face you know Mm. what's in it for them and how do you help them and that's a great point Emily to flag that's what you can look at as what's unique and different Mm. about your business put that in the elevator pitch for sure fantastic thank you so number three great questions great questions tell us about what this all means look I love this because I have to say if you guys listening take nothing away from my tips (laughs) on this podcast but this one about questions uh, I'll still be very happy (laughs) so there was some advice I was given very early on in my sales career and that was the person who talks the most is losing the sale Mm. now have a think about that because most people think, oh, no, 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 I need to talk lots. Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got to tell them everything. I've got to tell them how amazing it is. I know I've got to bombard them with all this information, but it's actually the opposite that's true. So what you need to do is be asking great questions. So do your great pitch, but then just simply ask great mm. open-ended questions. Now, I'll reinforce that because a rookie mistake that I'll still make sometimes is I ask a closed question mm. and the one I don't like is, is this something you'd be interested in? Mm. Because most people will say no. They, you know, that's the white rabbit they run. <laughs> um, but yeah, ask open-ended questions because it opens up the conversation. They will tell you what they need. Mm. Um, you'll define if they have a need for your services or products. Key questioning is just so paramount. Mm. So, And then as well, we can understand them more and understand mm. if they actually are a fit for us too. Because like you've said to me, you know, it would be amazing if everyone was right for us and if yes. everyone was our customer, but they're not. So when we ask questions, it also allows us to understand them more yes. and figure out if they are actually right for what we have. Spot on. And you're not going to waste time with people that mm. aren't a fit. So questioning 
definitely gives you the information you need on them Mm. to sell back to them. And also, as you said, you know, if they're not a fit, maybe you can send them in another direction Mm -hmm. or, you know, give another option or whatever it might be. So don't be the person that talks the most. (laughs) That's my tip. (laughs) Ask questions. Brilliant. So number four, objection handling. Mm. What does this mean? So this is a great one. So when we talk about must-haves, you know, you've got to have objection handling techniques in So sales. what, someone's, someone gives me a, oh, I don't think it's quite the right time. What do you mean that I don't just run away? <laughs> I just accept that? No. Well, look, I think that that's what most people perceive objections mm. as, a rejection. But the great news is it really is just a request for more information. And look, don't get me wrong. There's definitely people that will outright just say no. Mm. But we're talking about the people who have been really interested and have been talking and sharing some great information and then all of a sudden they give you an objection. Mm. And so there's some techniques I'll share right now Mm. that are my top techniques on how to handle them. And the first one, and this really resonates with people, mainly because the top objection we get, this is with all the companies we work with all around Australia for the promo donor, the top objection is, they've already got a provider. So whether you are a product um, offering company or a service provider, sometimes people have that already in place. Mm -hmm. So you're not interested, already got one, already got them already working with someone like that. So my technique for that is to actually put the objection up front. So if you're getting Mm -hmm. it time and time again, this is how I'd handle it. Let's say you're a signage company Mm -hmm. because this actually happened. We worked with a signage (laughs) company and we were saying, you know, do you need signage to retailers? Mm. Because that's who we're pitching to. Of course, the retailers already had signage. So I said to the team, look, let's change it. Let's say it's Ashley calling from XYZ company. We are a signage manufacturer and installer. Look, we understand as a retailer, you would already have signage in place And we also know that as a retailer, you would review this from time Mm. to time and perhaps even do rebrands. Can you tell me about that process? And it's amazing because you heard it's an open-ended question. They started to give us information on when the review was. And rather than shutting us down, you know, they didn't feel like it was a pressured approach. Mm. It was less pressured. It was... They understand our situation exactly, and yeah, brought about some great results. So definitely put the objections up front is my top tip. But second to that, empathy is another great one. Mm. People want to feel like they're, you know, like other people or yes. like your clients. So if someone says something to me like, I really want to work with a promo donor, but I'm worried about quality. Mm. I'll say something like, look, unfortunately, this is a common scenario you know i talk to a lot of people that fear the quality isn't going to be there however this is how we deliver it okay so empathy goes a long way in rapport building but also handling that objection people can use this on their copy too on their websites in their social media that type of thing in their emails saying look i understand that you might be worried about this unfortunately exactly what you said ashley unfortunately that's what a lot of my clients have experienced before they work with me and you can actually i love your suggestion it's so great i'm going to use it myself To actually use those objections, just come out with them up front rather than waiting for someone to basically raise them with you to show that you understand. And exactly like you said, Ashley, that you're empathetic towards them, you understand them and it's something you can help them with. Definitely. And yeah, by putting the objection up front, 
it's almost like you're beating them to it. So mm. they can't give you that objection. <laughs> so how great is that, that it's almost like they've run out of objections. So <laughs> they have to say yes, Ooh, which is look great. Out. <laughs> well, that leads us to the final point, which is following up. Now, this is interesting because, you know, when it comes to sales must-haves, people may not assume that this would be in there. But the reason I think following up is so important is firstly because so many people don't do it. So if you look at your competition today, it is probably the case that they do not follow up with their prospective Mm. clients. I think we need another one in there. We've got objection is not a rejection, but maybe also just silence or not hearing back from someone does not mean it's a rejection. Yes, that's so true. So when I talk about follow-ups, there's a few different elements to it. The first is following up after you've, say, sent through a proposal Mm. or something like that. You know, I often hear people say, oh, they just requested some information via Mm. email and then nothing happened. I heard crickets. Mm -hmm. It's not that they're not interested. It may just be that they want that direct human-to-human contact, Mm. which is a dying art these days, (laughs) let's face it. So going out of your way to follow up and actually say, look, I recently sent you something I wanted to talk through it, maybe answer some questions if you had any, blah, blah, blah. You know, that goes a long way Mm -hmm. in developing that relationship and probably getting the results that you want. But also following up, it comes into play, and I'm talking about those prospects in the past that maybe didn't Mm. convert. So, you know, we talked about that signage company, for example, that we worked with. Now, a lot of them said, we do review but we're not reviewing until the end of the year or Mm -hmm. something like that. So that was six months down the track. We make it, you know, our job to then follow up promptly Mm. and on time because not only does it demonstrate professionalism for that Mm. brand, but we're striking when the iron's hot. Mm. You know, we're getting back when the timing's right. So you really need to manage your pipeline so much that you are constantly following up with Mm. people because I don't believe a no is ever a no. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I said that to someone once and they <laughs> argued with me. I said, no, a no is a no. And I said, no, well, what I mean is that business changes so rapidly. Mm-hmm. So if someone says no today, it doesn't mean they're going to be in the same situation in three months. Mm-hmm. And I'll also reinforce that by saying that the other week, I actually converted someone from four years ago. <laughs> wow. So I met with them four <laughs> you years are ago. Persistent. I am pleasantly <laughs> persistent, I like to say. Someone actually said that to me once and I laughed and said, I'll take that as a compliment. Definitely. Uh, because that's the thing I like to do is I never give up on a lead. They were very interested at the time, but mm. it didn't eventuate for whatever reason. But they've stayed on our email list. They've stayed, you know, in touch with me, you know, whether that by Mm. phone or by email. And it got to the point where they were ready to buy and they thought of us. And that's only because I followed up. And I love that. And that's something that we can take away as well from even our social media. Not everyone that follows us is ready to buy. And it's about playing that longer game and actually continuing to nurture them, give them value. We're building our brand. And over time, those people, they might have that need to actually be able to buy from us. But I think it's really valuable to understand and to not give up too. And also to not expect people to convert immediately too. I think that's such a great point, especially for social media. And I know, you know, a lot of people listening, that's the space we all play in now. You know, we're all online. 
But you're right. You know, there's going to be a few people online that may have that sense of urgency or immediacy. Mm. You can also create that with some Mm. techniques too, but you're spot on. I think online is about building that brand awareness and building a pipeline so that, again, like I said, you can consistently follow up, stay front of mind. So when the timing's right, they'll think of you. Wonderful. Well, that brings us to the end of the five tips. Yes. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. (laughs) What would be, because a lot of the women listening to this and possibly gentlemen too, whatever they are, a lot of the people listening to this are getting started in business or growing their business. Do you have one piece of advice from all your years of experience running multiple businesses and working with incredible clients? Do you have one piece of advice that you could give to those about really succeeding in their business? Yes. When I started the Promo Donna, I remember... Uh, So I'd worked at a sales firm for a while and I was doing their cold calling and lead generation. And yes, I found out I was the only one that liked doing it. So (laughs) You're a unicorn. (laughs) Exactly. And I love that. You know, their clients would come in and say, I need someone that does that, what Ashley's doing. And so my mind started ticking away and I thought I'd really love to do this. It could be a really Mm. good little business. But when I decided to jump ship and I did this, you know, I didn't have a plan B. That's mm, one Sounds thing. like me. I, yeah. <laughs> and do you know what? I really believe, well, that might be one way mm. to answer your question was I didn't have a plan B. Mm. A, a lot of people say to me, should I have a backup? You know, should I have another job? And I say, well, that's not what worked for me. Mm. I definitely had to give it all we and make it work. Exactly. You have yeah. to make it work and you do yes. everything and it's not a comfortable place to be. You know, you don't have that backup or whatever. Like you, you yes. have to make it work. Definitely. And so I guess what I was leading to was the fact that I jumped ship. A lot of people then say, how did you make it successful? You know, mm. how did you, cause I had no money behind me. I you know, <laughs> literally had nothing. I started calling people, cold calling people mm. from my bedroom. <laughs> and what that says to you is my sales ability. You know, the fact that I knew how to sell really well gave me the confidence to grow my business Mm. and do what I did. So my advice to everyone listening, and it's obviously going to sound biased because yes, (laughs) I specialize in sales, but my advice is if you're starting out in business, if you're, you know, looking to take your business to the next level, work on your sales Mm. because it is the bloodline of, Mm -hmm. you know, what you have. You don't have a business without sales. Spot on. So if there is some part of the process or some technique you're struggling with, work on it and master it because yeah, I think if you can sell, you can grow your business and And you can run one. Testing and tweaking and that type of thing that we can do in this area. So Mm. Ashley, thank you so much. Could you tell us a little bit about where we can go now to actually access some of your amazing resources? Oh, I would love to. Thank you. So look, obviously I am online. Like I said, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook or even LinkedIn as Ashley Alsadi. But I'd love to give you some free resources as well because, you know, sales is obviously my passion and I'd love you to learn more about taking your selling to the next level. So if you go to ashleyalsadi.com forward slash free, they are my free resources and there's some great things in there, quizzes and whatnot. So um, you'll have a bit of fun with it. And feel free to reach out if you have any questions as well. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much. And um, it's just been brilliant to chat with you. So thanks for sharing all your knowledge with us. Pleasure. Thank you. 